0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, please make your way to your seats. You need man, it got real quiet in here. Jeez Louise. I thought we were the loudest fan base in the NFL. I mean, like 142.2. Like jet engines aren't that loud. This is too quiet. So once again, I thought we were the loudest fan base in the NFL. Okay, that's a little bit better. My name is Mike the Intern. Thank you so much for coming out here. I am with 104.7 The Cave. It's good to see everyone once again. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to make an announcement. We have a very special guest in house. Governor, please stand so everyone can see. Governor Parsons, give him a hand. Governor, please open up your blazer so you can show these diehard Cheese fans. See, kids. If you pay your dues, you can get awesome jackets like that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what it's all about. So, okay, that's all I had to say. Uh, let me get these guys up here. I've been working with this man for the last four years, about four years now. Every morning I get to hang out with this guy, and it is a treat for me. He is one of my, He's become one of my good friends. Ned Reynolds, everyone give it up for this guy.
1: This is uh, really great for me because I finally get a chance to work with my son. Me in turn, The
0: <laughs> well, uh, DNA results are still pending, so we'll, uh, I'll let you know how that goes. Anyway, uh, Ned, thank you, and I, this man needs no introduction. He's come down here for four years to kind of give us our own, I would like to call this a pep rally. It's also our Chiefs happy hour. You know him as the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the one, the only, Mitch Holtis. How are you, sir? Guys, have a seat. We will be joined by Art Haynes momentarily, but we wanted to get things going, so uh, let's uh, start well, talking. Well,
2: I'm a little bit awestruck. I just have to tell everybody, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to like, because I'm here with Governor Parson, right? <laughs> and let me tell you about Governor Parson. He, is a, he was a terrific athlete. Not only does he have this, like, kick-ass jacket that he's wearing, he once had six touchdowns for the Wheatland Mules <laughs> in a single game against Appleton City. And what makes it so incredible, Mike, is that it, Wheatland doesn't even have a football team. So <laughs> the dude's a rock star. So if I'm a little bit... Kind of like wow i'm with the governor again a couple years ago he was here and nobody even told me he was coming i go, i think that's governor Parson out there about that at a table <laughs> but anyway good to see you governor thanks for all your help and all your work to help this great state
1: he is of course the first fan of the state of missouri mm-hmm. but oh, more important than that he's the first citizen of Bolivar, and that makes a very big difference give him a big round of applause folks mike parson being down here
2: we were just. But, glad. Ned, Ned, you can take the Wheatland out of the mule, but you can't take the mule out of Wheatland.
1: Ah, sure. There you go. Honestly, there we were
0: go. just glad that the highway patrol wasn't here to arrest any of the staff from <laughs> the cave. And then when we realized what was going on, we were like, okay, thank you. you know, Whatever so, you guys want to do is fine.
2: I pulled up in the back because there was no parking spots. You guys took them all. Thanks. And, uh, but then the, the MHP guy tased me, and I was like, you know, and then he gave me. I got
1: pepper spray. I had to and run I was back
0: like, there and say, "Wait, no, no, no! He's with us." Let's
2: go, James. <laughs> you know.
1: Anyway, hey, Mitch, this, is, this is really super, and, and the crowd loves it. We've been we've been pitching this now for about uh, what Mike three weeks or so somewhere, and this is the this is the turnout we get. Now Mike has a huge audience on uh, 104.7 The Cave, and everybody loves what he does and responds to what he does. And herein is the key. Now, not everybody can fit in the riff, but that's by design. That's the way we want it. We want only the loyal Chiefs fans here, and we have them, including. Oh, yeah. Hey, give yeah. yourself a big round of applause. Yeah. That's very good.
2: And, and, not, o- and not only Ned do you get the governor, but you also get the queens of the Queen City, who yeah. are over here with give the cool it up T-shirts. For the ladies. The Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted their flag on top of football's highest summit at a moment we'll never forget in Super Bowl 54 to win that championship. So, thank you, ladies, for the T-shirt.
1: As Mitch well knows, the uh, the longtime co-host of the pregame show, the halftime show, and the postgame show will be coming in here in just a few minutes. Art Haynes, who is the voice of Missouri State athletics, as well as being the book, uh, I guess the book end. Or, uh, all of the Chiefs broadcasts with Mitch Holders, Mitch, I do want to begin by asking you a quick question, though. This is uh, probably a little bit off the, uh, the beaten path, but after, uh, after the Chiefs didn't do so very well in the Super Bowl, that had to be a huge downer for everybody. Now, you're with the team and the front office and all the officials and so forth. Your perception of how people reacted right up until today after that fateful day in February Yeah, I got two answers to that,
2: Ned. One is the first 45 days after that game. And the second portion of this would be the days thereafter. Uh, A lot happened, as you know, in the 72 hours prior to Super Bowl 55. It was a very strange experience. Uh, Of course, with COVID, it wasn't a full stadium. We couldn't travel like we normally do. And then what happened, uh, as we all know, uh, with the unfortunate accident, And honestly, that game uh, rocked our boat, rocked all of us, right? And honestly, I thought after eight incredible years of unthinkable success under Andy Reid, honestly, I was thinking, man, are we, is the train off the track? Are we in trouble here of a Super Bowl hangover and what happens to a lot of teams that have crashed and burned after losing Super Bowl games? I will tell you emphatically, that's the first 45 days. And then there was the start of free agency, and we were missing on some free agents, right? We were making a push for some and didn't get them, didn't get them. And I'm thinking, same thought. Then, I'm trying to think about 45 days after that game or so that put us about mid, end of March, things started to change. Uh, We made the Orlando Brown Jr. trade. Uh, We were able to get Joe Tooney at left guard. The draft, and I'll get into that in a second, but here's the second phase of that, and I will tell you all this, and it's not hyperbole. What I saw and experienced this spring and summer from 30 March on, we have blood back in our face. We are coming with a full cannon load of canister. We had a terrific off-season. We had a great OTAs. We had great mini camps, and we're ready to rock. The AFC is loaded. Our schedule is probably the toughest in the AFC. That's great. Our home schedule, we have people that come to every game, is probably the best that I've seen it ever in my brief 28 years as the voice of the Chiefs and in the 60 years of the franchise. But I'm telling you this, Ned, two phases. The first phase was concern. The second phase is, okay, I see it. We're back. We're coming after you, and we're coming after you hard and strong, and I'll get into why in a second.
1: There is the key right there. That that says it all. The, The motivation, the understanding of how the Chiefs as a team affect their audience, and there are millions who love this team. It has not been diminished one little bit. They will be back. Now, here's the next question, a little bit off, again, the beaten track. When the Chiefs play the Green Bay Packers at Arrowhead, in Mitch Holdas' opinion, will Aaron Rodgers be the QB? He's
2: <laughs> getting two phases of that answer. <laughs> Up until 30 June, I would have told you no. I thought he'd be the Denver Broncos quarterback. Uh, since then, though, I would tell you yes. Knowing some of the folks in the Packers' front office, unless I'm ambushed, and the governor can talk about that, uh, unless I'm ambushed, <laughs> I will tell you that the Packers, there is no trade they can make that would bring the value of Aaron Rodgers. They could give out or get three first round picks. It's still not gonna equal the value of Aaron Rodgers. So I think the Packers have pretty much decided to dig their heels in and say, we're going with Aaron Rodgers. If he doesn't want to play, we will play Jordan Love. The Heck with it. But what could we do? Because that trade would be looked at for two generations. And I think the Packers' cadre here has said, you know, we're, we're being pinned to the mat. Uh, we're kind of caught in a vice. But why would we do that? Because there's nothing we can get of value in return. So long answer, but I'm telling you, I think we will play him. I think we'll play Rodgers. And, again, a spectacular home schedule with 17 games and a, looking at nine home games in the regular season.
1: You uh, might explain very quickly, Mitch, why it has to be a trade, why he can't just up and play for somebody else. Well,
2: he's under contract. Uh, with the Packers. If he wasn't under contract, and he's an unrestricted free agent, it would cost what we've paid Mahomes, which is Neptune uh, and, and uh, Uranus, and let's see Saturn. We had to throw Saturn in there, too. And uh, Jeff Bezos rocket ride uh, to get Mahomes. But, whomever's gonna get him, would, and there are people desperate for a quarterback, would do that. Uh, it'd be similar, though, what we did in Montana, I think, in the mid-90s. You're gonna get a guy very talented, but he's at the end of the road. And good player, but this, is, this has been weird and how he's handled it, and it's put the Packers in a tough spot. And But I still – I think for 2021, he'll be the Packers quarterback. That could change tomorrow. But everything changed after 1 July.
1: Put that one in the W column when they do play. That'll be a Chiefs victory yep. right there. Yeah, at, we'll get after him. Mahomes didn't
2: play against him the last time we played him at home. <laughs> he'll
0: play this time. He will play this time. Uh, real quick, guys um, – Ladies and gentlemen, Art Haynes. Coming on the stage, sir. Come on. Come on up here. I just, I'm just keeping your seat warm for you. Before I take off, though, you mentioned this earlier. Um, when we won Super Bowl 54, one thing that kind of went under the wayside and really didn't get talked about a lot was that front five. The offensive line was incredible that year. Yep. Last year, the reason we didn't win, in my opinion, was it wasn't there. How do you feel about it going into this season?
2: It is a testimony to Brett Veach and his ability. I call him like a gerbil on a treadmill. He just goes. Doesn't He's like a dolphin. He sleeps with one eye open every night, and half brain sleep and half brain awake. But his ability to put together what now looks like at least a top 10, maybe a top 5 offensive line uh, in that span of time that I alluded to earlier is somewhat short of a miracle. There's a lot of elements to it. It's like I talked to Art today at 20 past four on his show. The, to get Tooney in free agency, to make the Orlando-bound trade, to draft Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith is the one that people don't know about. Now, I want to see him in pads at training camp, but he was spectacular this summer. He's a sixth-round pick. He might be the steal of the 2021 draft. If we played tonight, he would start at right guard. And we have Leray Duvernay tardif back. Um, Andrew Wiley's still there. We have Mike Remmers at tackle. We've got Lucas Niang, who opted out, and he's coming back. Um, we got Yusir Durant for you Mizzou fans, who was great last year in filling in against the Panthers. And all of a sudden, what looked like and was a big weakness in Super Bowl 55 against a bunch of trained animals uh, that were that front seven of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we beat in November, but they did not have Vitavia. They did not have their rookie of was- out of Washington sitting right here, You know, blowing snot bubbles looking at Mahomes. But we also don't have a JV offensive line anymore. We have a varsity offensive line, and I think he'd be really good. What's up, brother? Yes, sir. Yeah, did Marshall ever play Wheatland? I want to know. Did you ever? I know your class above Wheatland, but.
3: Uh, I don't think Wheatland plays football.
2: They don't play football, but he had six touchdowns in a single game against Appleton City. That's what I said before you were here. He was by himself. They
3: they did once upon a time, right, Governor? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: i know we were at happy hour before this governor i don't know you go wheeling mules uh so yeah i was just kidding he had six touchdowns so they don't even have football wow yeah so you were talking about the the offensive line and a lot of the time really the winning edge yeah the chiefs didn't just replace the offensive line one deep uh, they they got additional groceries in the sack to where it, they're not so dependent on, okay, Orlando Brown's the left tackle. Yeah, he is. But you, you talk about Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, and uh, I mean, this guy's not going to make the team like maybe Andrew Wiley and Yasir Durant don't know. They can't all make the team. But yeah. it's a lot, of, a lot of depth there to where you hope that uh, you're not going to get in a situation like you did last year.
2: And we have a real good undrafted rookie from a year ago who's in his second year named Darrell Williams in a Mississippi State. And yeah. I don't know he'll fit in. we got Austin Blythe from the Rams. To your point. So it was this collection of getting free agents, making a major trade, getting guys back, like Niang, who opted out, who basically is a rookie this year, or getting LeRae DuVernay-Tardif, the Canadian doctor, back, guys that were there. Nick Allegretti, I haven't mentioned him. There's 15 guys on the offensive line going to camp. There will either be eight or nine that will be on the roster as we get ready for Cleveland on the 12th of September. And of those eight or nine, only seven will be active on that Sunday. This is going to be really interesting. It'll be one of the uh, tough, uh, cl- closest things to watch during the training camp time.
1: And Mitch, uh, the pass rusher is a really, really, really important cog, yeah. and the Chiefs just re-signed Alex Okafor. What did you read into that? he a guy they cut and uh, got him back now, 30 years old. He still can get it. But what are your thoughts on how that defensive line and that pass rush works?
2: Yeah, good question. It's an algebraic equation. He's a variable. But it's not like, wow, he's the guy and he'll get 10 sacks. Let me, let me just, because I know someone's going to come with a Frank Clark question here. Frank Clark insurance. That's what the governor gets every day. What about Frank Clark, governor? You know? Uh, and he does the squirm. He's got him on the near fall, and he escapes and wins uh, four to three. Yeah, because I don't think Wheatland has wrestling either, but he wrestles. I don't think so. uh, But... Um, Every once, uh, Frank Clark. Gosh, man, Frank Clark. You didn't, you know, Frank Clark this is just kind of weird. What's going to happen? But to answer your question, there's a lot of variables here, and one of those is uh, Steve Spagnolo's scheme. The other is the acquisition of Jaron Reed from the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, watching him this summer up close, he's a beast. Now we have him there, along with an ever-improving Derek Nottie in the middle, which allows us now to move Chris Jones around. So you do go to the games all the time, have some fun with the folks sitting next to you and go, where's Chris Jones going to line up on this snap? We will move him around depending on if there's a runt pig we can get. There's always a runt pig in the NFL. Find the runt pig and go after him, right? I know it sounds cruel, but that's what the NFL does. They find the runt pig and go after him. So you move him around, even from snap to snap sometimes, and unleash Chris Jones. Chris Jones, in what I saw this summer with Spaggs' scheme, uh, could have a big year if he embraces this role that he's got. I think Frank will play. I, I just think it's a legal matter. I can't comment on it any more than that. Uh, and if, if it's a legal matter, it's an NFL matter. There could be a suspension. But the NFL can't do anything until the legal uh, process goes through. So we could have Frank. But Mike Dana enters this picture, any of Missouri S&T graduates in here, you know, the, the, the miners have had so many NFL players, one, and we've got him uh, in Turk Wharton. Great school, by the way, great school. Uh, but they're engineers and architects, not NFL players. <laughs> this kid's great. I mean, he helps us. He's a perfect rotation. The other thing I would tell you is Spag's scheme. We're coming after you. And if Baker Mayfield thinks that he's going to see the same stuff he saw in January in the divisional playoff game, God help you, Baker. Good luck with the progressive insurance and getting locked out of the stadium because we're going to bring you all kinds of stuff. I'm going to tell you it's coming. It's coming from the front group. The front group is better than a year ago. Better. Because there's more there. And it's all variables, but it's a really nice
3: equation. So I want to say something about Mitch and ask you to kind of expound on this. Mitch, as most of you know, is... Uh, a native of the Chiefs' kingdom. He pretty much coined the phrase Chiefs' kingdom. He's from north-central Kansas. He went to college in Kansas, pretty much spent his whole life. Uh, have you ever lived anywhere other than the state of Kansas?
2: Only in Springfield in those games I do for the Missouri State Bears. Which I... <laughs> and once a year when you are right, to What are you to trying riff? to do, get me audited? Because I file two tax returns. <laughs> I give my share. I give no.
3: my share. Uh, I do too. Did now. you see the
2: governor going? We honored him. <laughs> so, I'm,
3: I'm. Yes, I feel like I'm a unofficial so, member of Missouri. So, uh, by coining this phrase, the Chiefs' Kingdom, it really is a culture throughout yeah. the Midwest. And you have, and again, this comes naturally, but you have made it your business to know the school nicknames of the, the Wheatland Mules and the Marshall Owls and the Odessa Bulldogs and, and everywhere that you can go. Adrian the, Blackhawks, where yeah, do you want to go? Yeah, there yeah. you go. So uh, Sweet Springs Greyhounds. How, I mean, that, that's just your personality, but I sure. think really it has uh, brought this whole section of the country together around the Chiefs by your intimate knowledge of the, the parts of the Chiefs' kingdom. I think it's part
2: of the passion for the Chiefs. I did grow up with it, um, but it's just in this room tonight. Right? It's in this room tonight. Right? Do I have to have Mike, the intern, come up and get you fired up? Yeah. I set it on the stage on February the 5th of 2020 in the celebration in front of several hundred th- fans before Governor Parson came up, and I said Springfield is a hotbed of the Chiefs' kingdom. Yeah. But it's not just Springfield. It's Nixa. It's Eldorado Springs. Right? It's Monet. It's the Cubs of Monette. I can sit here and go right down the line. And the point is, it is the, it's the farmer who's out haying in the field. It is the person working the second or third shift. It is all race, creeds, and colors. But it's something that, I, 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 when I came up with the kingdom slogan, I did come up with it. Yeah. I'm thinking, what is there that could define everybody? It's why I said that at the game when the Chiefs have firmly planted their flag on top of football's highest summit. I said it, Art, because I wanted all of you to feel like you planted that flag. No matter how much money you have or don't have, if you live in Missouri or Kansas or Nebraska or Iowa. And I wanted everybody to feel that moment. And uh, it, it is diverse, but I also saw it on February the 5th in the back of a pickup with K.C. Wolf. And we're coming over the hill on Grand Avenue. We're, we're on the bottoms by the Missouri River. And we're coming over the hill, and all I could see for miles yeah. were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I saw Asian people, and I saw Hispanic people, and I saw African Americans, and I saw Native Americans, and I saw grandpas, and I saw grandmas, and I saw little kids. And they were all like you. They had tears in their eyes, and they're all wearing chief stuff. And I thought, this is the kingdom. And I looked at Casey Wolf and I said, heaven's got to be a little bit like this. And he said, no, no, it'll be a lot better than this. And I go, well, okay, but I'm going to take this today. But that's the kingdom, Art. That's the kingdom. It's all of that. And it's very unique and very different than a lot of pro sports markets.
1: It also speaks greatly for the the whole envelopment of professional sports because there is no color. There is no race. There is no creed. Everybody is together rooting for his or her team, and that makes a difference, but I do object. I do <laughs> object to one thing. Your your knowledge of history is wonderful, but when you had to tell the folks a few years ago that I was the news announcer for the Battle of Wilson's Creek, that was a little yeah. bit too much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you did a great job, because I went back. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, when, no, no, when Nathaniel Lyon on <laughs> the right flank of the Union was thwarted by the hood echo that he saw that he thought he heard something but it was wrong and he went to the wrong place and lost his life unfortunately and lost the battle but you did a great job of describing that going I think Nathaniel Lyon thinks this is a hood echo he is (laughs) making a right flank maneuver and it's all wrong so (laughs) after this on the Springfield Cardinals baseball network so I thought wow that's so
3: cool that he broadcasted uh, Wilson's Creek Chevy Chevy dealers of the Ozarks were in there somewhere too
2: (laughs) they were they, they sponsored Sterling Price's pregame show.
1: <laughs> Remind me never to do that again. God, that's awful. Thank you. Oh, man. you set me I up, man. Good. I gave you some more. Let me ask you very quickly about, this is the uh, first year now that the NFL will have three preseason games except yeah. for the uh, ones in the Hall of Fame game. Your, your thoughts on a team's development with that number?
2: Yeah, I'm glad we kept the three. Uh, people go, God, preseason games. I can't play fantasy football with preseason games. Why are we having those? There's no developmental league. There's no AA. There's no Springfield Cardinals for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and with, when NFL Europe went away, I've always wanted a spring league. And, and we've tried these other spring leagues, the XFL and the RFL and the you know BWFL or whatever. <laughs> but the league has no developmental league. All we have is what we have in the spring and summer with OTAs and mini camps. And a lot of teams are ditching those, which we can get to that in a second. But those preseason games are way more important than people think. And, and Mike the intern can run the promos on those three preseason games, but don't be bored by those. If I were you, I would listen to every minute of them, because we're going to tell you a lot of things that you need to know about players who could be a factor in 2022 or three, that are playing in that game, that have to play in that game. So I'm glad we kept at least three preseason games. Now, it's the 17-3 split, right? Still 20 games, but 17 regular season games and the three preseason. And I talked about this with Art today, this afternoon on his show. I kind of predicted this, Art, uh, about four or five years ago. I said, There's, we're going to head to a 17-game regular season. And if we weren't in COVID last year and still this year, that 17th game would have been an international game. I think we're headed to the point that everyone will play an international game that 17th game against the NFC team that's not on your normal crossover schedule. For example, we play the NFC East this year. We're playing the Packers, they're the NFC North. It's just a one single game. That game would be in oh, Mexico City or Dublin, Ireland, or either in Tottenham at the north part of London or in Wembley Stadium or in Berlin, Germany, um, or in Amsterdam or in, I don't know, pick one, um, Brazil someplace. Uh, that's coming because the NFL wants to grow its brand and is very popular. It's the, it's the premier league of American football throughout the, the uh, world, and I've seen that now. And our brand, honestly, is growing almost exponentially internationally because of our quarterback. We're very popular in Western Europe. We're very popular in the Asian countries. So I could see us playing a game in Tokyo against the Packers in a regular season game. The three preseason games... Are interesting, but it's also odd number. Who's going to play at home and road? We have two road games this year. We have to go to San Francisco and to Arizona. We play Minnesota at home. I see that third preseason game, and the league has already even said this: that that third preseason game might be in a Springfield against the Cowboys, could be in Oklahoma City against the Cowboys, could be in Des Moines against the Vikings. I could see us play. I I think this is coming. 17th game internationally, and the third preseason game at a neutral site. So get ready, Plaster Field, Chiefs against the. I don't and know. I am so Titans. glad,
1: so glad to hear you say that. You're you're too young to remember this, but the NFL did play yeah. their exhibition games. Heck, the uh, I saw the Philadelphia Eagles play in Princeton, New Jersey, of all places, and they'd play games in uh, Po Dunk, Pennsylvania, and so oh, forth yeah. and so on. Do you see that?
3: as a possibility.
2: I do, and our first game will be in Wheatland, actually. Wheatland, Missouri.
1: <laughs>
3: as soon as the governor builds the new football yeah, stadium. He's going to build the new football so play at Lucas at stadium. At Oil Stadium. No team, but we'll have a stadium and we'll play that game. Go ahead, Arthur. You may or may not have covered this before I was gone, but you're talking, or got here, you're talking about the, uh, uh, the OTAs and yeah. the mini-camps, and we talked on the show about uh, you, you got a short time. There's a lot of turnover on any NFL team, but particularly with all the new players and the Chiefs this year, uh, making use of that time during the offseason to, to mold a team together and build some chemistry. Let's go back to my point. There's no developmental league.
2: How are you going to get your offense put in place and then do the repetitions? Andy Reid is the best at it. We have had eight seasons going into a ninth, where he approaches our OTAs and minicamps like training camp. From intensity mentally, our offense is installed. And we have 700 plays on our offense. Actually, we have about 800 because we've added another 100. But it's ready to go in St. Joe. We hit St. Joe on the ground running because what we do in the OTAs and minicamps. As a result, we hit the beginning of the season many times ahead of our opponents. Andy Reid, as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, in September, has 20 wins and five losses. In home openers, we're 7-1. and one. Yeah, we're the best September team in the league since Andy Reid has been here. Is that a coincidence? No, because every day matters to Andy Reid, and that includes a day in June or May or April. Some of these teams just called it off. I'm like, you called it off? And a lot of that was pressure from the NFLPA, I think, and younger head coaches, I think, got pressure to say, we're good. We've got everything installed. And I thought, wait a minute, you could spend every waking hour from now until you start the season and not be ready to go. And so they're going to spend training camp catching up. Well, we're about, think of a Monopoly game. Like We're at St. James coming around the corner, and they're at go. It's just that the summers are important, and Andy Reid maximizes it. And a part of that is the internal leadership of our veterans. Because Patrick Mahomes, instead of going grumbling and complaining like I ain't going to no OTAs in the June, he's like, yeah you are and I love them and you're all going to be there. And if you want to play and understand what it's about to play with me Noah Gray, uh, rookie from Duke, you'll be there and try to develop. And and honestly, out of the o- if Noah Gray from Duke has a big year which I anticipate, it'll be because of the OTAs. And if we'd have skipped them, I'm not sure how it would how turn out. So it's a big part of an advantage that we have that I think is very overlooked, so good question.
1: Mitch us is at the uh, top of his game, but he kind of represents what all of us who have ever done any play-by-play uh, really represents, and that is you're into the game. You are an athlete. You are taking part as a voice in what those athletes do. My question to you is, how were you able to survive in a COVID-19 situation last year? That had to be difficult.
2: Okay, I got a little PTSD from it. It was quasi-brutal. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I had any worse than any of you. Um, and honestly, we're still in it. Like, I'm not, I don't get to stay in the player's dorm. We're going to St. Joe. Hopefully a lot of you can come up there and watch it. Players won't be able to sign autographs. I normally get to stay with the players, Ned. Ned in Scanlon Hall. I don't get to do that this year because of COVID, even though I tested and I'm in a tier, I tested this morning before I drove down here and I'll test again, but I don't get to stay with the players. And that makes it difficult because one of the things that I pride myself in is developing relationships with the players. Um, but let's go back to last year. I did every game other than Super Bowl 55 in front of two screens like this in the broadcast suite. And for someone like Art does, and you have, and do, doing play-by-play, you do take pride in it. And part of that pride is, like, living the game so that all of you can live it. I think that you in 28 seasons you felt that. Now I'm standing in front of a screen, (laughs) right? I might as well be in your basement doing this game. The first game against the Chargers, I literally drove around Arrowhead Stadium, like, for 30 minutes, going, I'm in L.A. I'm in L.A. I tried to put myself, I'm in L.A. I'm in L.A. So we're doing this game uh, in front of the 255-inch monitors. Remember that game went to overtime. Chargers get the ball first. They drive near midfield. They decide to punt. So now, the way the rules are, we get the ball and kick a field goal. We win. We're going to go home and go two and zero. Right? We beaten the Texans. Now we're so I'm doing it. I'm trying to as much as possible think I'm in LA. And, and again, we have a new broadcast crew that mm-hmm. threw that in with Dana and Hughes and. And uh, Josh Klingler. So we got that going on. But I'm th- we're, we're driving. We're driving to get the winning field goal. <laughs> Video goes out. Psst. Tone and bars. <laughs> okay. I don't usually eat before games, but whatever I had in my stomach is now going to my lower intestine and headed for the shoot. I am going, you have got to be kidding me. Art honest to God. I've got an iPad also in front of me because we'll keep track of like quick stats on it. I'm now looking at the I'm gonna do Ronald Reagan doing baseball in the twenties on WHO. Like there's a drive for you. but he's not he's in setting in Springfield, right? Yeah, it's gone. But he's three minutes later he's doing it because he's looking at the ticker tape. I'm gonna do this game off my phone at about three minutes later because I don't have a way of knowing what's going on. I freaked out. I thought it was about 40 minutes. It was 35 seconds. <laughs> Ooh, we get it back just in time. And Harrison Butker is lining up for the field goal. It's good. Oh, wait a minute, Allegretti, fall start. Let's back it up fine. <laughs> ah, it's it from 58. Let's go. Oh, Mark 2 and oh, let's go. All right. But I was like, oh my God, is this the way it's gonna be all year? Here's the other part of that that's interesting. Cause uh, my environment was the same for all those road games. And people say, hey, do you remember that play in Miami when Haynes made that? I'm going, well, they all look the same. I, c- I could remember them by my surroundings, right? But I c- all the surroundings were the same. I go, was that Raiders or was that Saints? Or? <laughs> because you were just in this chamber doing a game. It was weird, not fun.
3: Now, you're, you're at the home games last year just yeah. like normal.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we were at the home games but not at the road games. But our home game vantage point, as you know, is 13 stories above the field. So do this. Go to the tower in downtown. Go up to the 13th floor and read some license tags. Yeah. So beta carotene's big for me. If y'all have carrots, I'm into it. But I I use binoculars, I use monitors, so even home games are a challenge. But here we go.
1: Now, to your knowledge, things will return to a semblance of normal this year.
2: What time is it, Ned?
1: (laughs) I have no idea.
2: It literally has changed day to day. And it'll be, you're on a zoom call at 8:30, or you need to meet in this meeting, and like we're changing it again. It got changed this morning, going to camp. So the NFL wants everything to be the same. We are to go back to 2019. That's what the NFL wants, ostensibly. And we're going to be full at arrowhead, right? Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> it's day to day. Keep cheering, cheer every day when they're going. We're full at arrowhead. Keep cheer again, But the point is I don't know about tomorrow. And I'm not saying that to be drama king. It's just, it, I'm like, what? Okay, this rule's coming into play now? I didn't, okay. And, and so uh, here we go. But it's nothing that he doesn't face every day. But
1: I, I can't tell you, Ned. I'm we, hoping yes. We are all, every one of us, flying blind in this society. And there is, there is no rhyme nor reason. And what we have to do is adjust. And that's what you guys talk about all the time. The team that makes the best adjustments yeah. is a team that's going to win.
2: Yeah, if we're going to talk about it, we have to do it. So I just didn't think I'd have to train my mind like last year, uh, but I may have to. Uh, but even then, if with our camp situation, I, I'm going into a familiar spot, but it's like a jungle. I don't know the r- rules. The rules change every day. And, and there has to be cooperation. Uh, as I talked to Art this afternoon, and it's what the governor talks about every day, I mean. What I hate about sometimes about COVID, it becomes political or it becomes like somebody's agenda. I'm like, come on here. And, and I say that because there has to be cooperation between the National Football League, the National Football League Players Association, the individual teams, the entities in which we play, and the folks that govern that. There has to be cooperation and go, how do we get to the best possible solution instead of something where I'm going to mark my territory and say... Here's what we're going to do. So,
1: to me, I, I'm just hoping that that spirit of cooperation is there tomorrow morning. Here is a loaded question for you, and I apologize if you don't. These others answer haven't this been one. loaded. <laughs> Here, uh, how how much of a role, either positive or negative, does the media covering the Chiefs or the NFL in general play in what you just talked about?
2: It's a it, a big part of it because what the media has become today. I wish I could go to the Mizzou Journalism School and we say, all right, everybody just calm down, let's reboot and let's talk. Because what media has become are clicks. How do I get clicks? And if I get some juicy COVID story that may or may not be completely true, I'm gonna put it out there and get clicks. Cole Beasley. From your alma mater of SMU, wide receiver of the Buffalo Bills, has been adamant about not getting vaccinated. Oh my gosh. Bang, bang, clicks, 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 clicks. So if I pump it out there uh, about Cole Beasley, all of a sudden I got a big day because how many clicks did you get? I got two million clicks. Okay. Was that story accurately portrayed? Did you talk to Cole Beasley? Do you have a quote? I mean, so uh, the media has a big part in this. And I would say, in a way they've got to be you know an information source a source of truth not just something for agendas because many times and it does I'm not going to say anything political here but they'll jump on whatever agenda they want instead of finding the story and that changed, that's changed in just really the last 5 to 7 years questions from the audience yeah we got a birthday boy back here somewhere right yeah all right that's it Give All him right. a
1: big round of applause. This is your birthday today. Good for you. Good for you. Yes, sir. I got a few. I wrote them down, so I'll make them quick. Uh just talking about the international game. And I thought
3: this was odd. The whole thing in
0: nine games, one games. Sorry. Hey, we got a mic. Sorry. Thanks, Mike, uh, for the mic. No problem, guys. That's what I'm here for.
4: <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Um, first thing is, wow, I didn't realize. Um, First thing is, you mentioned the international games. And because of COVID this year, I really thought it was odd when I looked at the NFL schedule and I saw some teams had nine home and others only had eight home games. Like, for example, we have nine, thank God, but Chicago only has eight. And I'm thinking that's a major advantage. But you mentioned, maybe without COVID, that 17th game goes to international. That was my first question. And the second thing... I heard something about Stefan Gilmore possibly coming to us. I heard it, I have no idea, obviously, yeah. Um, and I am curious about our DBs, our starting. I'm not even sure who our corners are now. And then the third thing is, a good friend here just pointed out, um, what is Kansas City's vaccination percentage right now? Because I believe it's supposed to be 85%. And that could possibly lead to forfeited games. I was really curious about those
2: three things. Let's take Thank three you. first, okay, and then you guys can chime in. I'm not allowed to tell you that right now as far as the percentage rate. You'll hear more that comes out from the team. It has to come from the team. It has to go through channels, right, because that could have changed in my drive down here. So to guess at that, that is, is not good. It goes back to the, you know, being truthful here. Um, yes, the NFL put out, and Art and I talked about this this afternoon, the NFL put out an edict. If you have an issue with the team, let's say last year New England, it affected our Buffalo game. New England had to switch to Buffalo. We to, we're playing in the afternoon. Remember that? The, the old World Series afternoon game where you Tuesday. got your transistor radio up against your ear in uh, uh, Houston. And, and there was Denver didn't have a quarterback for a game. This year that will be a forfeit. You lose, we move on. No restructuring, no messing around. So that's a pretty strong statement. All right. Number two, cornerback. I didn't mention corner, but part of this defense, Legarius Sneed is a budding star. He is a fourth-round pick. If you would have seen what I saw this summer, you would have only been more emphatic in saying that statement. As a coverage player, as a blitzer in the slot corner, Rashad Fenton's good. He made the play that you've forgotten about in Super Bowl 54. We had to have four straight stops in that game or we don't have a parade. He made the first on a third-down play where he ran Jimmy Garoppolo out of bounds. Fenton can play. He made a pick last year. Again, I can't remember. It's a road game because they all look the same. But it might have been Miami. I don't know. But he made a big pick. Okay? So, Javarius Ward's back. We didn't have him for a while this summer. We're going to see. He's got to get up and running in camp. Uh, we hope that DeAndre Baker, a former first-round pick, is going to recover from his knee injury. I believe we go in with 18 DBs and 10 or corners. So, we'll see. But we've got some capable there and also a future pro bowler. One was what? What was the first one you had? Your first question about the
3: nine home games yeah. versus eight road. Guess what? How
2: many home games we'll have next year? Eight. And then I think you're thinking international because hopefully COVID's out of the scene by 2023, and then that 17th game will be international.
3: Just my thinking. It, isn't it true that this year all the AFC teams have got the ninth home game? And it's the only way year, to do be it. All the NFC.
2: If you're going to be fair. You're going, wait a minute, the Packers have to play us on the road? That could knock them out of a division title if the Vikings are good. How does that work? And then you're going to give a – no. Art's point is good. It's all the AFC teams play at home in that game. Next year, all the NFC teams will play at home. But look for 2023. We're playing in Tokyo or Berlin. (laughs) And our quarterback will be the biggest thing ever when we go there because they love him beyond the borders of the kingdom. Okay, Beyonce's giving a concert right after I'm done.
0: (laughs) I think uh, old Rick has a question.
2: I do. And and I just want to say I was –
4: I got to Tampa Friday morning, and there was not a drop of rain all weekend, and that field looked really long and really sloppy on Sunday afternoon. I'm just saying maybe Brady told him to leave the sprinklers on a little – A little longer, I didn't, there was not a cloud in the sky all weekend. I don't know how that happened. My question is, uh, Nicole Hardman, obviously Sammy Watkins has moved on to Baltimore. Uh, How excited are you about him being in his third year and uh, the dynamic he can bring and add to our offense in an
2: expanded role? McCole Hardman's a very interesting story. Let's go back to Ned's thought about the media. But let's go, let's take that, i talk about clicks, let's take that to the entire social media spectrum. McCole Hardman is an example of a young player where social media has put undue pressure on him because they took him in their fantasy league. They took him as their WR2. Because I've got to get 700 yards so I can beat Fred, and I can get 500 bucks. God, McColl Hardman didn't get 80 catches at 700 yards. He sucks. <laughs> if I sat here and brought you a video of McColl Hardman's highlight tape, we wouldn't have had a Super Bowl 54 parade. We're down by 20, what, four points to the Texans. I even said on the air. I'm hanging in there thinking, don't choke back. I mean, hang in there, man. Hang in there. All we need is a play to light the fuse. You know who lit that fuse? McCole Hardman on a 58 yard kickoff return. It set everything up. We forget about it. Watch his play against the Saints. I think there's only probably seven or eight players in this league that could have made the play. Watch his two point conversion against the Chargers, where Mahomes does one of his like throws it out of the back of his head at about six inches for him to catch the ball at 95 miles an hour, and he caught it. McCole Hardman's a talent. Does he need to improve in some route running? Yeah. Did he, oh gosh, he had alligator arms in that first post pattern in the game against Tampa Bay. If he'd have caught that, we'd have won by 40 points. I'm telling you, he's a player. He's an asset. He's great for us. And the other caution I would give you in your fantasy league, we're, a, we're kind of a bad team to take sometimes in fantasy, unless it's Kelsey or Hill or Mahomes, because we're going to spread out the cards. Andy Reid doesn't want you to have Diamonds beat Trump every time. He'll go, let's make spades, clubs, and what do I got left? Hearts? We're going to make that trump. Because that WR2 or 3 could be a whole host of players week to week. And it might be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It might be McColl Hardman. Ask the jump pass against the Titans. Ask the 83 year against the Ravens about McColl Hardman and how he stinks. Because I'm going to tell you, if you said McColl Hardman's available, 31 teams would
0: take him by 8 o'clock tonight. I've got a question. More games equals more yards, right? You think Patrick Mahomes is going to get 5,000 this year? What do, you, what do you guys think? I don't want to sit here. Answer, yes. And then on, on top of that, I mean, Travis, that's 1,000, right? Tyreek, that's 1,000. Who's the third? McCollum, Hardman.
2: Or Hearts, clubs, diamonds, or Clyde Edwards,
0: Or Clyde Edwards. Yeah, I'm going to bid no Trump.
2: Okay. <laughs> you've got everybody that can be in there. What if you have oh, you have another 1,000-yard guy? What if there is, oh, four players that have 500? That equals 2,000. And you're at this 5,000. That's the way Andy kind of likes it. But let me give you just a little bit of stuff that's gone, what I saw this summer. And that is we're going to redo some things scheme-wise. We have 700 plays headed to 800. With this offensive line and its ability to be more athletic and move, You're going to get some of the playbook back from 2013, 14, and 15 when we were the best screen team in the NFL. We killed our division opponents with screens. We played the Eagles in Philly, going back to Philly, and we ran screens on them that I'd never seen before because it's the genius of Andy Reid. But your linemen have to move. They've got to be athletic. And if they get older and a little bit tougher, they can't do that as much. Plus, we've got the ability to do what we did against Miami in 2014, and that's play three tight ends. This Noah Gray dude from Duke, I want to see him in pads. We got Blake Bell back from the old employer of art, the Dallas Cowboys. We can put three tight ends on the field, which makes you go big. you got to put linebackers and safeties on there. If you put a bunch of little dudes out there that can run, we're coming right after you. All right? We're going to run it up your – we'll give you a prostate exam. Right? <laughs> if you go big, we have three tight ends that can run every route on the tree, and your single wide receiver is Tyreek Hill. Now we're going to mind jack with you a whole lot more than we did last year. I'm just telling you, that's what I saw this summer. Get ready for it.
1: Questions, folks? Anything from upstairs? Got one down here. Hold on, sir.
4: So this, this kind of ties in with the last one. Um, in the second round of the draft, we could have maybe got Pat Fryermuth if the Steelers, three picks before us, did not pick him up. Was the Chiefs War Room upset about that? Because I feel like. There was people thinking we might
2: pick him up. I don't think, did they hear you back there? Go ahead and say it again. Do oh, so
4: in the second round of the draft, we, well, three, three picks in front of us, the Steelers picked up Pat Friermuth, tight end out of uh, Penn State, and he was on a lot of draft boards. And I'm, I know we got Noah Duke, but he's baby Gronk, and there was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of hype around him.
2: Two answers, Noah Gray. It ain't always, I know we love draft. I, get, I have to study the draft every night. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. LJ Sneed was on nobody's, oh my God, I've got to get LJ Sneed. You didn't even know who he was. Now you're going to love him, okay? So I'm not saying Noah Gray's Gronk, but he's perfect. for. We've played Travis Kelsey 3,300 snaps in three years. He's the only guy in our offense that has not missed time because of injury. The only guy. He's played every game, other than we hold him out against the Chargers. We, ele- we held all of you out, right? we got to get Kell some help so we don't sit there just riding the horse. We'll ride him. But it would be nice to put Seabiscuit out there with War Admiral, okay? <laughs> I don't lose any more sleep over losing that dude from Penn State, zero. I lose sleep about a lot of things. I don't lose sleep over that one. I love Noah Gray. Let me just tell you one play he made this summer. kind of got my attention. Red zone. And Tyron Matthews on him. It's one-on-one. Honey Badger's on him. And Honey Badger's got him covered like, you know, white on rice. So Patrick throws it. We're away from the Honey Badger. So here's the Honey Badger on this side of the mic. Patrick throws it down here. Noah Gray has to turn his body, twist it, and catches it about five inches above the ground. Touchdown, Kansas City. 15 notices this, the guy that you're wearing the jersey of, and just kind of points at him and went, hmm, The question is, will he do it tomorrow? He did it the next day. I'm with Matt McMullen watching practice. I go, you know what? We haven't had our Noah Gray play of the day yet. The next play. He runs a nine route past a corner who's playing slot coverage for a touchdown. I know I'm putting a lot on this kid, but Blake Bell's out there too. I mean, we're just better. We're better at that spot. So don't worry about Pat Friermuth. (laughs) One up there. Yeah. I mean, you guys can jump in here, too. Willie Gay Jr. is another reason I'm excited about this summer. Sneed, Thornhill, Jaron Reed, Willie Gay Jr. He is a missile. The one play he made last year that gave us a little bit of an order of what I think he can be was the game against Atlanta where the game's on the line. And he came zooming in there to make a play from about... He ran from Republic to Nixa to knock the ball out, and it turned the game around. He has got a a, an incredible talent. He can play. And I – now your question about Nick, I like Nick a lot, a lot. But Nick's going to be not in the crockpot because we're going to use him in special teams, uh, use him in some situations. But Anthony Hitchens, it, when we're in base, Hitchens is your mic, Neiman will be at the SAM, and your Will is Willie Gay Jr. Nick can rotate in and do some stuff. Darian O'Daniel will be a part of that. We'll have six linebackers in camp. Uh, But Willie Gay Jr., who is is, I'm most excited about?
0: I got one over here from Mr. David Bauer.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, my biggest heartache about the COVID situation was um, after the Super Bowl, we were days, if not weeks, away from making a commitment from the Chiefs to have a parade in Springfield. Mm -hmm. We were looking at doing a rally and a parade in Springfield. And uh, it was really close, and then this happened. Not to be too ambitious, but when they win this year, would you be, and throw that to us and put the word out for us so we can have that rally? Well,
2: I'll put the word out for you, but I'm way down the list, okay? There's some this go, table that, on that on would have more influence Dave. than I would have.
0: Golly, man. Talk hey, to the Santa, mule. if you can't make Talk me... Talk to the Wheatland Mule, you might but, have a better chance. Golly, Dave. What kind of question is
2: that? I'd love to have that though, editorial comment. But I would have taken it to all of our major cities in the kingdom. I'd have done one in Wichita, Topeka. I'd have done it in Des Moines, Omaha. And uh, but this, I'm not telling you this because this is what you want to hear. This becomes a prototype, kingdom area, and it's. I know it's hot. It's hot every day, and it's great. But yeah, that'd be cool to do that. And I'm. You're, you've touched on a nerve. It goes back to Art's question of like 15 minutes ago. But I would love to do it all over the kingdom. I want that chance.
1: Kingdom has an awful lot of spirit. Do we have any other questions? One more. Bauer again? No, you're done. You're out. No, I you're was just giving him a high five.
0: five for the. I, it actually turned out to be a good question.
1: So we look at, like, the evolution of
4: Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. Um, do you think having a chance to play with Le'Veon Bell for a year is going to elevate him this year?
2: I don't think they were together enough. If they'd have been together at camp, uh, when we got Le'Veon, I I just uh I don't think it's more being in our system for a year. And actually Daryl Williams and he are a I mean that's an old LSU RB room combo. Those two are friends. He respects Daryl. Daryl's a good player, a lot better player. Look what he did against the Browns in the playoffs, right? And uh Clyde's going to have a big year. Clyde's strong, fast, tough. I mean, the Saints tried to bend him in half. When I did see that happen up on the screen, because it was a road game, I thought, oh, God, we've lost Clyde for not only this year, maybe next year. Clyde's ready to roll. But I'm going to tell you another guy that I saw this summer that will be interesting to follow at camp is Jarek McKinnon. Remember the old Viking? And uh, played some with the Cardinals. was hurt with the 49ers. But think of, he's not exactly the Damian Williams body type, because Damian Williams could run a four, three, five, 227 pounds, the run to immortality, which is, should be your other shirt on the backside, was he's run to immortality in the hearts of the Chiefs Kingdom forever. He's not that, but what McKinnon brings is a, a possible tasty third option in there and a mismatch problem for the opponent. So add those four or five pages onto the 800 page playbook.
3: anything else
4: hello again I was just curious what is going on with Damian Williams I mean I know he I know he skipped out last year due to his mother that's all I know
2: with who Damian Williams uh, he's with the Vikings now the Vikings signed him Did not yeah. know that thank you good pickup by them I wish we had him back but I'm, I'm liking what I see it's not like I'm I don't lose sleep over that one either
1: <laughs> one more one more
2: Um, you you ask a great question, and it's always like, I mean, it can be Art, Ned, or me, or when you hear us interview, it's like, oh, well, let's throw in special teams as like the dessert. Like, we just throw it in. There's 30 seconds left in the interview. You could be talking to Coach Petrino. Oh, and Coach, what about special teams? (laughs) Do you realize for eight years, we've been the, now, we slipped last year. Tobe, good Missouri former assistant, right, UTEP minor, is so ticked about what, I mean, we just were not great last year on special teams because we have been superb for the seven uh, seasons prior to that. Let me just give you a forgotten plays of Super Bowl 54. I'm not sure we win that game. And a forgotten play of the 2018 AFC Championship game. Because I'm going to give you a long answer here, but it, it, your, your question was one of the best of the night. We're rallying. Rashad Fenton makes the stop. We've gotta, we're down 20 to 10. We've got to stop these dudes a lot. One stop. We, we score. Kelsey, 20 to 17 after the wasp play. The kickoff. What happens after the kickoff? We smoke the kick returner of San Francisco at the 18 yard line. Drill him. Now that pressure continues. All three phases are putting the pressure on. Ooh, we get him stopped. We score to take the lead. Damian Williams at the pylon. What happens? Byron Pringle smokes the kick returner at the 17. More pressure. And now they're all feeling it. It is an avalanche of all three phases. 2018, I still say we're going to beat the Patriots in regulation. We're up four, basically at the two-minute warning. Brady needs seven. We have a chance to tackle Cordell Patterson at the 13-yard line. Go back and look at it. We whiff. We're out of position. He runs it out to the 38. I get a pit in my stomach because I know the difference between Tom Brady getting the ball at the 38 and the 13. Special teams are such a priority with us, and you ask about Antonio Callaway, we will keep maybe five wide receivers, potentially six. One of those six will be inactive on game day. Four and five better be special teams dynamos. Marcus Kemp comes to mind. Pringle is great. I know I'm a case stater, but Pringle is a stud for us. Coach Reed loves him. Why? I call him the door hinge. How do dudes get open? He'll go set the screen, right, that, oh, I'm going out for a pass, and boom, three guys get knocked off, Kelsey's wide open. Or he'll come out on kickoff return. Oh, he'll run a 104-yard kickoff return for a touchdown against the Broncos. Remember that play? All right? Against the Donkeys and 11 straight wins over those guys, which is fun, right? Your point is a good one. But we ask all these questions about individual players, and it really doesn't come up a lot because we don't play special teams fantasy football. Right? I'm telling you, it is a huge, huge part of us. We'll be better in 2021 because I think we'll be better in special teams. And we've won our biggest games. We've had a key special teams play to make it happen. Uh, The play against Houston in the rally. We knocked the ball out on the kickoff return. We defend the fake punt. All those things became... Big plays, little th- seemingly little things. We got to replace Anthony Sherman. Anthony Sherman, I could go back on Tyree Kill's returns, and almost always it was Sherman that lit the fuse on those plays. I could have to, I'd have to show you on video. We don't see him because it happens at Alpha Point, but it becomes, oh, it's a 78-yard return, touchdown, Kansas City. But it's the initial block that turns him loose. We're the best at the league at it when we're doing it the best, and I think we'll. I think our, what I saw this summer is our roster will be better to bring back
1: that renaissance of special
2: teams excellence.
1: Folks, here is the uh, the lock of the night. There is no broadcaster in the NFL, none who has any better encyclopedic knowledge than Mitch Holtus. Give him a big <laughs> round of applause. <laughs> approaching the uh, the magic hour in which we're going to call it quits here, and that's because our friend from Wheatland, Missouri, like all us old-timers, needs to go to bed pretty quickly.
2: <laughs> Dude, he can party all night. This guy, you ain't gonna out-party the gov. It's but on.
1: I, I, we, it would Bolivar. not be... Party in would not be a meeting with Mitch, however, without Mitch uh, bringing the troops up here and leading them on. I know you love to do that. Well, too. we gotta... Have a,
2: okay, so... <laughs> No touchdown in the kingdom is just a touchdown, right? They are celebrations of mythological
3: proportions.
2: (laughs) The sweet nectar. Some of you have tasted of the sweet nectar tonight. Uh, So we've got to do a touchdown, Kansas City. You ready? But I'm going to bring up the Queens of the Queen City with the cool T-shirts to lead the way. Come on, ladies. You're standing up up right here, here.
0: Get up here. I can't believe you didn't bring t-shirts for everybody, because that's one of the coolest t-shirts ever. Do you, do you guys have an Etsy shop we can just, like, promote? Oh, well, you need to, because you can make some money. I'd buy one right now.
2: All right, you're going to lead the way, girls. Everybody's going to do it. Everybody's going to do it. Governor's going to do it. All of you up there are going to do it. You ready for this? I want them to hear it in Humansville. All right? <laughs> Here we go. On three. One, two, three
1: touchdown
0: kansas city ladies and gentlemen mitch holtis ned reynolds art haynes thank you so much for coming out to our chiefs happy hour governor thank you as well for stopping by and seeing us Also, a big thank you to our sponsors, Albers Real Estate, Coyotes, Adobe Cafe, Morrison, Webster, and Carlton, and of course, give a big hand for Civil Kitchen for that amazing meal they paid. Hopefully, we will see you guys all up in St. Joe for training camp, and then in a month, we'll see you up at our home away from home, Arrowhead Stadium. Ladies and gentlemen, go Chiefs!